Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Kuf. We are a few lines in, up to Amar Abaya, Bar Harabim. So this is eight lines in, second word of the line is Amar. So Amar Abaya, Bar Harabim, you have a bar, a pit in Rishus Harabim, that's Amuka Asara Urachava Shmaina. So it's 10 Tvachim deep, and it's eight Tvachim wide. That sounds like, that is definitely considered a Rosh Hashayachid. Rosh Hashayachid has to be 10 Tvachim deep and 4 Tvachim wide. So, so far, so good. Now, Vizorak Lesoycha Machtzeles, he threw a Machtzeles, some type of mat, into a Rosh uh, from Rosh Hashayachim, into this pit. Chayev, you're Chayev, of course you're Chayev. However, Chilka Bamachtzeles, let's say by throwing down this mat, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, piece into your pit, you split it in half. You dropped it literally right in the middle of the pit. So it took an eight tefach wide pit and it split it into four tefach on each side. Halacha is pater. Now, why is that? Two things. Number one, let's say you have an eight tefach wide pit and you have a wall smack down the middle, then each side is not going to be four tefachim because the mechitza is going to take up some space, so it's automatically going to detract from the four tefachim on each side. That's uh, halacha number one. Halacha number two is that he's he's holding that when it when it lands, it lands at the same time. Halacha, this is back to yesterday's daf in, in Lamdus, that when I threw it, it was a rishosayachid. When it landed, it changed it from a rishosayachid to a uh, Makam or whatever you would call it. So we're calling it, it happened at one shot, and therefore I'm Pater, okay? So the Gemara says, Abaya, now that Abaya said that throwing the mat in and that splitting it up, that makes you Pater because you detracted it from being a Rishos Hayachid. That that a mat is Mevatl the Mechitza. So Kolshkein Chulia, for sure, yesterday's daf, where someone threw a clump of dirt and it filled in the hole, for sure that case, we would say that that would take away from the bar. So let's say you had a pit that was 10 fucking deep. You took a clump of dirt, you threw it into it from a Rabim. By throwing it in, you now made it, you diminished it from a 10 tefach hole to 9 tefach. You'd be potter. Why? Because there, you're, going, you're for sure going to leave it. Dirt is supposed to be in this hole. So for sure, you're gonna, it's mevatna mechitza. You're going to leave it there. However, uh, the, the mat, I wouldn't know necessarily that I'm going to leave it there. So by the fact that Abayah says that's enough to be considered that it's there. And therefore, it splits up the hole. So for sure, the dirt, which everybody leaves, that for sure would diminish from the hole. So that's Abayah's opinion. And that would answer the Shiloh from yesterday. And Abayah would say, you're Pater. However, the Rabbi Yechanan, according to Rabbi Yechanan, he wasn't sure what the halacha is in the case of Choya, in the case of where you threw the clump of dirt. He wasn't sure, is it considered mavato the, the, the bar? Did it take away from the bar? Did it not? So that when it comes to a mat, that doesn't necessarily belong in the in the pit, and therefore he would hold it's not mavat on the mechitza. It would still be considered a rishosayachid. So by throwing this mechitza into your into your bar, into your pit, you would still be violating uh, Shabbos because it is still considered a rishos hayachid. Next, so this is uh, someone asked this yesterday during the daf. So 
we're going to get we're going to get to it today. So you have your you have a well, you have a pit in Rishus Rabim, and typically if it's ten tefachim deep and four tefachim wide, that is a Rishus However, it's Malaya Mayim, it's full of water, the rain, it's full of water. Halach is v'zarek l'sayach. If you threw water or a stone into it, something that's going to either uh, fall to the bottom of the pit or water on top of water is considered hanacha. That was the end of yesterday's daf. So then you're chayiv. That's called the hanacha. And what we see from here that water doesn't diminish from the ten tafach deep pit. However, malaya peiros v'zarek l'sayach. Let's say it's full of bananas, and he threw something in it, and the bananas fill up this pit. And it's no longer ten tefachim deep. If you would, if you would drop your cap into your into the pit, right, the, the ball pit, you know, in your uh, amusement park, whatever, the playground. So it's not going to go all the way to the bottom. It's going to stop it. So it, it, it diminishes from the depth of the pit. If you don't have ten tefachim deep, it is not considered a rishosiyachet. So putter. Your putter, my time. Oh, what's the reason? Mayim le mevatli mechitza. Mayim doesn't mevatli mechitza. Many Rishonim say because the rock will fall to the bottom or water will stay on top. But Peirois fruit, you have a bunch of bananas in a pit, that would be Mavat le Mechitza, that would be Mavat le Mechitza. Next, Tanina Mihach, have a Brysa that says something similar to this. So the Brysa is talking about the water. Hazurik min Hayam le Isratya. So someone who throws something from the sea, he's out on the ocean. Now the ocean, we're going to get into the next, uh, in, in today's daf, we're going to say that the sea has a den of a Carmelis. Because nobody lives there, so as a din of a Carmelis. So you threw from the ocean to a Isratya. Isratya is your highway, something that goes from town to town. Could be, you know, train tracks. Could be, uh, you know, the interstate highway. So that would definitely be considered an Isratya. That's a Rishus Harabim. Okay. So if someone throws Minhayam le Isratya, or the Minhayisratya layam, he throws from the water, from the highway to the water. Putter. Your putter. Because one's going, the water is considered a Carmelis. You're always going from Carmelis to Rishus Harabim, and you be putter. Rab Shimon Rab Shimon says, Im Yesh Bamakim Shazarak. Arba Let's say you had uh, a, a part of the ocean, you had some type of, um, what's it called? A, uh, a, um, a descent, something in the ocean where, where you could have tent fucking deep. You have, uh, you have, sorry, it's called a depression. You have a depression in the, in the ocean where you would have walls that are 10 tefachim deep and dollar by dollar. So if something would land there, you, you're standing on the highway, you chuck something into a river or into an ocean, even though the ocean has a, has a din of a caramelist, if there is a depression in the sea that has dollar by dollar and 10 tefachim deep, you would be chayv because that's a rishosiyachet. So why is that a tanya nami hachi? Because Abaya's point was that water does not diminish the mechitza. So if I threw something into the ocean, even if there's a small little depression that has 10 by 4 by 4, I would think maybe well, it's full of water. So it's not considered a, a good mechitza, a good wall. Comes the, comes the Gemara, says tani nami hachi, with a b'risa that proves that this is considered a good mechitza, and therefore it would be considered a rishos hayachet. Okay, next Mishnah has we had this Mishnah several times already. Hazayrik arba amois bakoisel. So someone throws, he's uh, in Rosh He takes something, he throws it against the wall, and it go and travels dalar amois. So the malamei asar tefachim. If he hits it above the ten tefach line, 
So then it's Kazarik Ba'avir. It's like throwing it in Avir Rishasarabim, the airspace of Rishasarabim. And once you're above 10 Tvachim in Rishasarabim, you're Pater. If it's within 10 Tvachim on the ground, it's Kazarik Ba'avir. as if he threw it down on the ground. And Hazarik Ba'avir, it's Arba Amois. If you throw something outside your ear in the street, without air of Rishasarabim, you throw something down Amois, you would be Chayev. Okay. So the Gemara asked, and this is uh, very, very familiar, but very nice that the person threw it at the wall, but it didn't come to a stop. It came backwards. So it, where's the, where's the Hanacha? Okay, this fatty fig, and it sticks out to the wall. So that was the case that we were discussing. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. So they said this all in the name of Ravchia. Zarak Lamala A person throws something above uh, ten tefachim from the ground. So he's in a, he's in the street. He's in a Rishus Rabbim. He throws something above ten tefachim. And then it falls into a hole. Kolshu, uh, any small amount of a hole. So there's a hole in the wall, and there's a, a little hole, and he threw something and lands in that hole. Now. At first glance, you would say, well, on one hand, it's 10 tefachim high, so it should have a dinner of Rishos Hayachid. On the other hand, you need to have dalad by dalad. It has to be 4 by 4 tefachim on the top. And where it landed, it landed in a, in a little hole in the wall. So we had this on uh, way back on Dav Zion. Banu l'machlikas rameir rabbanan. So I showed you a picture on, on the WhatsApp chat. So this comes back to the famous machlikas rameir and the rabbanan. So... If you if you ever learn Hilchas Mezuzah, there are two major sugyas in Hilchas Mezuzah. One is in Menachos, which makes sense. Menachos goes through Tefillah and Sittas Mezuzah. There's another one in the beginning of Masechus Yuma. How does the Gemara there get to that? Because the Gemara in Yuma talks about the, the Lishkas Palhedrin, where the uh, Kayin Gadol was, was, busy, was busy with before Yom Kippur. And the Gemara there discusses which rooms need a mezuzah or not. So in that discussion, we have a daf and a half of Hilchas Mezuzah. So in that daf, there's a, the Gemara tells us you need to have Tent, the doorway, in order to be chayv mezuzah, so let's say you have a broom closet. So is a, is a broom closet chayv mezuzah? So forget about the room being way too small. The doorway itself is probably too small. Why is that? You need to have ten tefachim high. So it could be you have a high broom, broom closet. But it has to be four tefachim wide. Right? So let's. So the Gemara gives, a, gives an example. Let's say it's not uh, four by four tefachim wide and ten tefachim high throughout the entire doorway. There's a funny looking frame. So the, the picture is you have some type of uh, arch, and um, if you look, so the last picture I sent. So you see this. If you go directly from the floor to the middle of the the top of the doorway, you'll have ten tefachim. But it's a narrow arch, and you don't have ten tefachim over the width of four tefachim. So. Rameir has a fascinating sheet. Rameir says, So this picture has a nice cutout. You make a little cutout uh, in your imagination, and you see if, if there's enough wall here that I could cut it out and make it typically to have 10 tvachim high, 4 tvachim wide, and this picture actually shows you need to have at least 3 tvachim of straight uh, wall, which is how we paskin, according to Rameir. So then we could... Imaginally, it's called chaykakim, we chaykate, to cut out lahashlim, to fill it in and say, oh, this is considered a doorway. So Rameir Shita, that says this by Erevin, our Gemara twice in Shabbos says, and the Gemara in Erevin does this as well, uh, the same way by mezuzah, it's considered 
uh, dollar by dollar, even though it's not, it's considered dollar tefachim wide. So too over here in Hilcha Shabbos, let's say you have a hole in the wall. We expand it to be three tefachim, uh, sorry, dollar by dollar. So machlek is how this works, just just in the practicality. Someone that it has to be that is three tefachim deep, the hole goes through the entire the entire wall, and then you're just imagining it. It going wider. Some hole the the hole is straight ten tefachim above the ground. Different ways how to figure this out. But if if you go through a mayor, there's a possibility of even if I see a flat wall in front of me, a little bit a little hole, there could be this chaykakin lahashlem. But according to the chachamim, there would never be something called chaykakin lahashlem. So bottom of the machlekes are mayor v'rabbanon, lira mayor da amar chaykakin lahashlem this would be an example of chayken lahashlim. We'd be we'd imagine that it's four tefachim by four tefachim in this thick wall, and therefore you're chayev. The rabbanon the armeim chayken lahashlim loy mechayev tani nami hachi. The brayso that says the same thing. A person throws something above ten tefachim from the ground. Vahochav anacha bechor kolshu and it lands and comes to a stop, comes to a rest in a chor kolshu, a small. Hole in the wall, a mayor mechayev, because he holds to this din of chaykekin lahashlim, vichacham and paitin chamsir pater. So, by the way, this daf, today's daf, goes through many, many halachas just to like spitfire. So, here we go to another one. Amrav Yehuda Marav, tell hamaslake. This is a famous halacha regarding Erevin. Many city Erevin use uh, use this din. If uh, we'll, we'll explain it, and I'll tell you which which area in our community uses this. Amrav Yehuda Marav, tell hamaslake. You have a tell, which means a mound hamaslake that's on an incline. So. When do I consider like a ramp or you know a pitcher's mound? At what point do I say this is part of the ground? This is regular rishosarabim. And when would I say that no, this is considered a wall? So it's not a straight wall; it's on an incline. So what do we do? So if it's mislakit asara mitoich arba, that when it, within four amos, it goes up ten tefachim, or you can say it the other way, it reaches ten tefachim high above the ground before it's. It it, uh, it it spans more than Dalit Amos, that is called a uh, a high enough incline for it to be considered a wall. And what's the reason for this? So the Gemara is going to say that when you have a gradual incline, let's say you're driving a car. So, you know, when roads get a little higher, it doesn't bother you because it's it's a gradual incline. It's not a big deal. You have a steep hill where sometimes you have those driveways in New York where, like, someone makes this illegal driveway. They used to have, like, a little, uh, you know, a sidewalk, and then there's this driveway going straight down into their garage. So so that, that's a serious incline. So then you would say that's not considered a makayim that people that people would walk. It's not a darsu barabim. So by the way, a pitcher's mound would not be a, uh, would not be this din of talmus It's just a few inches above the ground. But an example would be if you go to uh, the cul-de-sac by Yoni, Yoni Spar's house. So the Arab stops on one end of the cul-de-sac, and we literally use the entire cliff as one wall of the Eruv. So at one point we had wires there, some wires. We, we, we definitely rely on the Telemus Lockheed, okay? Because it goes, it's a very high incline and we actually use it as part of our Eruv. Okay, next. So, Amravi the Marav, Telemus Lockheed, Asara Mitoich Arba. 10, uh, goes 10 Tachem high within four Amos. Now, Zarak from Achagabov, someone's standing in Rishos Harabim and now he throws it onto this cliff. Halacha is, he's chayv, because that's considered a Rishos Hayachid. Tani Nami Hachi, Mavoy Sheshavu Lesaychayim. You have a Mavoy that the opening is, uh, is, is, uh, is, Shavu Lesaychayim is on the same level as the 
as the street outside. Venasa midroin l'rishusarabim, and the they, they made a ramp going down into rishusarabim. Oish shave l'rishusarabim, or it actually is equal to rishusarabim, but venasa midroin l'saychan. So I didn't send this picture out. Or you have a ramp going down into it. So then. The point is that let's just go back a second. A mavi was your your uh, you have a bunch of homes, you know, in a gated area. So halachically it's a rishus hayachid, but the entrance wasn't gated. So halachically we paskin it's really rishus hayachid. However, you need to have a hacker to remind you not to walk out into the street to rishus harabim. Imagine you had a cul-de-sac surrounded on three sides. So halachically you're good. The problem is we're concerned you're going to be holding your. Uh, your challah that you borrowed from your neighbor, schmoozing with someone, and you end up walking outside of the neighborhood onto the street. So the Chavah say you need to have a hacker. First mission on Erevan talks about you need a lechi or a kaira, what exactly the hacker would be. So here you have another hacker. If I'm about to walk out and then I, I, I see I bump into a ramp or I bump into a, an incline or a decline, so then that would be considered enough of a hacker. So the place can actually discuss bismanazet when these things are normal. You have uh, you know, wheelchair uh, accessible type of ramps. Are those considered you know, stopping the flow of traffic? There's even a discussion regarding steps. When a person, let's say you live in uh, New York City, so most homes there have a few steps going up to the house. So, and you have a Rosh Hashanah right outside. Do those steps create a mechitza? What's the nafkamina? If the paper boy throws your newspaper to, to, you know, onto your top steps, can you go get it on Shabbos? So there's no air in, in your, around your house. So some of the points can discuss. Maybe that, the steps going up, that creates a mechitza, so it's already Rosh Hashanah, and I own my steps, and I own the house, so I should be able to get my my uh, newspaper, you know, on Shabbos. Okay, so that, that these uh, this is part of the discussion. So the same thing. So the same thing when it comes to two things. When it comes to mechitzos, that defines a rishus hayachid. That it's ten tefachim high within dalat amos. When it comes to uh, a mavoi, which I need a hecker just to remind me not to leave. It's the same reasoning that this is a bump on the road. It's not a gradual incline or a gradual decline, and it will remind me not to walk out with something from my neighborhood into a shusarabim on Shabbos. Next, next mission: zarak l'seich arba amos. A person he throws something in the air. It's a windy day, and v'nizgalga chutz arba amos. So he threw it, and he wasn't trying to throw it too far. A little toss, and the wind took it out of his uh, his dalar amos, or shrag uh, is still here. His six feet. He threw it, went out of his six feet. So then putter. It's putter. Why? Because you had kavana to throw it less than dalar amos. The wind came. And blew it away, some putter. However, you took your wiffle ball, you threw it as far as you could, and it came back within four amos of you. Chayev, you're chayev. So we're, the Gemara is going to explain this case. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. How could you tell me I'm chayev? When I threw the ball, the wiffle ball, outside of my Dalar Amos, and then it came back into my Dalar Amos before it landed, it never landed outside of Dalar Amos in Rishos Harabim. So why am I chayev? I need to have a Hanacha four Amos away from me. So I'm Rabbi Yechanan, v'hu shenach al gabe mashahu. It must have got stuck on something uh, for a moment before it came back. Now we're discussing when it, it was within three tfachim 
of the ground. And we're gonna we're gonna see this in the Gemara. Tani nami hachi, zarak chutz la'arba amos. A person throws something and it goes four amos away from him. Udechaftoi haruach vehechni satoi, and the wind came and pushed it, and it uh, it brought it back in. So vaafalpi shechazra vohetziyoi, even vietziyatoi, even though it then returned and and knocked it away from from him, four amos away, putter. However, the wind held it in place. We had this yesterday, your freeze can, it, it stayed in place for a moment. Right? You could zoom in on it, and it's frozen in place. So the wind stopped it. Even though later on it came back in, so imagine you're throwing a wiffle ball, we pause the camera, the camera shows that the ball left your down amos, and the wind just stopped it. You have a good slider or something, it stops it in motion, and then it came back in, I'm high, because it stopped in the down amos away from me. Okay, so I'm a rava. So we need a little bit of a background here. In the beginning of Perak Hazairik, we discussed the famous opinion of Rabbi Akiva that kluta kemishahon chadami. That when someone throws something in the air and it passes over Rishasarabim, it's as if it landed in Rishasarabim. The Chacham argued, and that's how he passed, and the Chacham argued that it's not kemishahon chadami. In that Gemara, one of the Amiram said the whole machlekes is between three amoy, three tvachim and ten tvachim. But when it's less than three tvachim from the ground, even the Chacham agree that there's some type of din of kluta kemishahon chadami. So that's where we're starting from. Amarava, when something is within three tvachim of the ground, they threw a ball, and it's within you know 10, 12 inches of the ground. Lerabbanon, according to the Rabbanon, tsarich. It still had to have stopped on something in order for it to be called a hanacha. But if it didn't stop on anything, we do not say this din of kluta kemishahuncha. If it just continued going on its way, that would not be called a hanacha according to the Rabbanon. He was saying this halacha from Rava, Amalei Ravina Lemreimar. So Ravina asked Mereimar, Suran Kufam Abbez, Lav Hainu Masnisen. Isn't this what our Mishnah says? It had to have stopped on something. That's our Mishnah. So what's Rava coming to tell me? It's a, it's a Beferish Mishnah. Be'erichanan said, when he threw something and it went four hours out of your Rishos, and then it came back, it had to have stopped outside. Either in the ear, the ear caught it, or it landed on something, you know, something small. So Amalei, so... Maremar answers Ravina says Miskalgal Ka'amrit. You're asking me about Miskalgal when it, when the wind blew it back in. That's a different halacha. Miskalgal ain't soif lenuach. When it goes, when I threw that wiffle ball and it flies back into my domain, it's never gonna get Dalar Amis out of my rishos. It's ain't soif lenuach. It's not gonna come to a rest outside of Dalar Amis. Avalhai, but our case where this. Uh, where this thing fell, you know, within three tefachim of the ground, came on the soifel anuach. Since it's going to fall there eventually, afagav deloinach. Even though at this point, now why is Rava telling me this? Rava, if you look at Rashi, Rashi goes, uh, you know, expands on this. Rava's trying to find a case where this makes a difference. Um, I throw a ball, dal amos, okay, in Rosh Hashanah. It's going to hit the ground, and I'm going to, I'm going to be chayev. When am I chayev? Am I chayev when it lands on the ground? Or, or am I chayev when it gets within three tefachim of the ground? 
What's the difference? The difference would be regarding a carbon chatos. Let's say I find out while the ball is in motion, so we know you have to have not known about it until after the violation took place. Right? So Rashi goes through. That's what Ravik hears about this halacha. So if we're talking about when I threw something down at and it's going to land, and the question is, when it gets within three tefachim on the ground, is that considered a hanacha? That's what Rav is saying. You're asking me from a case where someone threw the wiffle ball, Dalad Amas, Adam is Roshos, then it came back in, it's never going to land there. So who's to say that that's the exact same case? Now, he agrees that it's true, but, if, but he's not going to you know, just rely on that statement of the Gemara. He came with a strong statement to tell me that Afa Gav Deloy Nach, even though it didn't rest, yeah, it didn't come to a stop. It's as if it already is resting on the ground because it got within three tefachim of the ground. Kamashmon, that was Rava's. That, that's what I would think. Kamashmon comes Rava and he tells me, no, not true. That until it stops, there's no such din as within three tefachim. None of these things are halachically uh, accepted according to the Chachamim, and therefore you are not chayav until it actually comes to a rest. Why did I learn it out from the case of the, uh, the, the Dalad Amas throwing it? Because there, the guy it was never going to land there. So of course, you're not chayav until a rest there. It's never going to rest there. But here, you would have thought, it might, it's going to rest in three seconds. So maybe you should be chayav earlier. That's what Ravid says. You're still not chayav until it comes to a rest. Okay, next Mishnah. So someone's sitting in, a, in the sea, sitting in a lake. So the lake is considered a Carmelis. You throw something, you're sitting in the lake, you throw something in the lake, Now you're not allowed to do that. It's still a, you're not allowed to carry Dalad Amos in a Carmelis, right? Any, any, any city that has a city Eruv and they couldn't get your block in the Eruv, so that means your block is a Carmelis. You can't carry Dalad Amos, but it's not an Isidaraisa, so Pater. Now, let's say there was, now, rakak means like a, a flat, like we talk about by the, by the chalice for the taida, rakike matzois. So you have this short uh, puddle of water, and everyone's driving through it. Sometimes, you know, some highways or parkways, they have, they're always full of water. But nobody cares, they got to get to work, they're driving through it. So now... Even though a body of water should have a din of a Carmelis, since many people go through it, this body of water is considered a Rosh Hashanah. So you have a puddle in the middle of an interstate highway, the trucks are driving through it, still called a Rosh Hashanah. Now, the Kamahu Rakik Mayim, what would be the size, the depth of a Rakik Mayim that we still consider it a, uh, a Rosh Hashanah? That's only pachas me'asarat vachim. But if it's ten vachim deep, then we cannot call that a rishus harabim because the rishus harabim wouldn't go that high. Or we could say in lamdus, people wouldn't just be driving through it once it's ten vachim deep. Now the Mishnah repeats itself, and the Gemara is going to ask why we have to do this. The Mishnah says again, Rakak Mayim or Shusarabim Mahalachas by you have a puddle of water and the Rishusarabim people go through it. Hazayrek Pesoyche Arba Amo is Chayiv. You throw something Dalad Amos into it, you're Chayiv. So the Gemara is going to ask why we need that. So I'm a Lehahu Merabon on the Rava. So one of the Rabban asks Rava, Bishlam Hilo Hilo Trezimni. I understand why you have to tell me the case 
where people go through puddles, they go through things, and you want them to tell me it twice. I understand that. You're telling me that even though people don't want to necessarily go through it, but since they will, because it's they have no choice. It's too much of a pain to go around it. That's called hilucha. That's called people walk through it. And regarding Shabbos, that's called Rosh Hashanah. And you're trying to tell me also that Tashmish Tashmish. We have other examples in Hilchashab. We're trying to figure out do people use something, not walk through it? Do they actually use something? So the case the Rishonim say the Gemara is referring to is let's say you had a pit that was nine Tvachim deep. So you could theoretically use it, you could put your hat in there, you could put something in there. Since most people don't do it, Ella, if they know where else to put anything, that is loy shmei tashmish, and therefore it's not called a rishusarabim. So I understand why you wanted to tell me this halacha twice. Ella rakak rakak trezimi lamali. Why did you tell me this halacha specifically by the halacha of rakak, the halacha of walking through the puddle? You should have told me another case where people only walk ayadei atchak. Why did you tell me walking through the puddle again? What's with the puddle? So the Gemara says chad bimaisachama, the chad bimaisachsham. Want to tell me during the summer months? Want to tell me even during the winter months, during the rainy season? Why is that a trichiditana chada? If it only would have told me one halacha regarding walking through the puddle, have I mean I would have thought to say hanimili bimaisachama. People would walk through the puddle during the summer months. Why? Because cold water feels good. People would walk through it. Aye, they're going to get wet? Not a bad idea. They go to their uh, their sprinkler park. It's not a bad idea to get, get a little wet when it's hot outside. When it's raining anyways, why would anybody walk through the puddle? Why? They, nobody walked through it, and therefore it would not be considered a Rosh Hashanah. So that's why you're telling it to, to me twice. Now, and if you would have just said literally, okay, it means even I would have said maybe only during the rainy season. Why? Because the came of the since... You, your, your shoes, your pants are dirty anyways because the streets are all muddy. So, you don't care. Are you going to walk around the puddle? My shoes are all dirty anyways. I will be my sachama when your shoes are clean. Maybe you would not walk into the puddle. And therefore, I needed to tell me twice this din of, of, uh, of, rock, of, uh, of, of uh, the rockak that in both scenarios, rainy season, season summer season, the the uh, the small bodies of water that people walk through are considered rishos harabim. So I'm rabbi. Abai has a different tarot. Abai Amar Itzrich. I can tell you a different reason why we needed to say this twice. I would have thought to say The only time that this is considered a rishos harabim is when the puddle is not four amos long. But let's say the puddle is long, so then it's a long puddle. You know, sometimes you're wheeling a stroller, you look in front of you, there's a puddle. So you start measuring it in your head. Should I walk around? Should I not? You know, you make decisions, public policy decisions. Am I getting my stroller wet? Am I getting my shoes wet or not? So usually it depends. It depends how big this puddle is. So if it's long, people will walk around it. If it's a short puddle, eh, big deal. So, it's not Abraham's, I walk through. But Abraham's, it's such a big puddle, anyways. I'll take the time, I'll kufe 
makfele, they'll walk around the puddle, and therefore this puddle would not be considered the Rishus Rabban. Ravashi Yamar, Ravashi is different terrorist, Istrich, I'll tell you what, we need to tell me the puddle halacha twice. So could I have the Mili, Arba, when it's four Tvachim, because there it's easier to walk than to jump over it. The same thing would apply to a puddle. Let's say you have a little piece of, of, of muddy, of mud, you know, in, in a street or something on the sidewalk. So if it's a big patch of mud, it's more likely that people actually stepped on it. However, if it's a big, if it's a, if it's a small piece of mud, you'll jump over it. So depending on that size, see it the other way. If it's within four tzvachim, people will jump over it. Once it's four tzvachim, no one's, you know, taking their broad jumps and jumping over these puddles. So then they will step in it. And by the fact that they stepped in it, that makes it a rishos harabim. So then mifsi pasile, they will just jump over it. Rav Ashi goes according to his shita in a different halach, in a different uh, case. Rav Ashi, Haiman Zarek, you threw something. V'nach Aguda de Gamla. So imagine these are rickety bridges from your uh, from your favorite movie, and you know they're, they're these beams, you know, creating the bridge. And one beam was uh, was rickety. So you threw something and it lands on that beam. V'nach Aguda de Gamla. So according to Rav Ashi, Mechayev, Yechayev. Now even though. Uh, even though uh, you know it's not exactly the best thing to be walking on, but people will still walk on it. Shaharei Rabin biking by. Many people will just walk on that. You know they'll take a step. They'll take a, a bad step while they're walking on the bridge, and therefore you would be chayev. So Ravashi says the same thing over here. Zok the Mishnah. Hazurik min hayam layabasha. Someone's sitting on a boat, and or well maybe not a boat. We'll get to the boat in a second. He's sitting in the water. And he throws from the water to dry land. So let's assume the dry land is the is an interstate highway. It has the uh, the view of, of the ocean. He's sitting in the ocean. He throws something and it lands on the highway. Or he's on the highway. Throws something into the ocean. He's doing tashlich min hayam la or from the sea to a svina to a boat, or from a boat to a sea. Or from one boat to another boat, all these cases are putter. Why are you putter? Because a whenever you're throwing something to the sea, the sea is a den of a caramelist. You're never going to be chayev on anything when you're do, talking about a caramelist. Whether you're throwing from the boat, which is a shusiyach, to the caramelist, the only time you'd be chayev is if you threw from the boat to the highway. That would be, but the Gemara doesn't bring that case. But whenever you're dealing with uh, the, the sea, we're dealing with a caramelist. Next case, Sfinois Kshuroi's Zubazu. So let's say you know, a bunch of people are out at sea or they're hanging out on the lake on Shabbos. So they want to carry from one boat to the other boat. They want to eat their meals together, have a minion. So what do you do? On one hand, the sea itself is a caramelist. On the other hand, each boat individually is uh, you know it's a moving house it's a rishus so fascinating halacha halacha is you have to, if you tie it to each other then then you could carry from one boat to the other boat you could have a good time in if they're not tied to each other even if they're mamish right next to each other they're touching each other why is that and we'll see there's a xera that over Shabbos it will get separated. And then you're going to be passing through the Kamalists in order to carry from one yacht to the other yacht. So therefore, there's Xerah. But when they're tied, there's no concern it's going to float away, drift away on Shabbos. So then you're allowed to, to uh, carry from one to the other. This is all assuming 
that there's one owner of these boats. If there's multiple owners, meaning let's say different people own boats, you will need to do Eruvei uh, Chatzeros and you do your matzahs and you look at your siddur if you're ever on a boat. Okay. Itmar. They learned in the base medrash. Someone is on a boat. He's, he's a, a svina. He's on a boat and he's thirsty. Okay, let's assume he's not in the ocean. You have a fresh water, you know, a body of water. So drinking water. Rav Huna Amar, now you can't go fishing on Shabbos. That would be in the Raisa of Tzedah. But he just wants to drink. Rav Huna Amar might see in Heimena Ziz Kolshu. So look at the pictures we sent out. Now, you, you're trying to, according to this opinion, you're just trying to make a hacker to remind you that it's Shabbos because there seems to be nothing wrong with it. And we'll get to what that means. So what do you do? You make a ziz. A ziz just means something sticking out of your boat, a little uh, piece coming out of your boat, like a beam. Umamale. And you look at the beam. You say, uh, good Shabbos to the beam. And you pick up water. No problem. That is the opinion of Rav Huna. And the Gemara is going to ask, what does Rav Huna hold? Why are you allowed to do this? Rav Chistav Rabbah by Rav Huna Amino. You make a, a place that gives you dalit by dalit tfachim. So if you look at the pictures, you either would take three or four beams and you make a little hole in the ear for yourself. You know, uh, going, coming out of the boat, I don't know how to explain this. You have, if you didn't see the pictures, look at your phone. Um, it's a, uh, imagine taking beams on your boat and just, going out to see with these beams and making a circle or making a square and you're basically making like another mechitza uh, in the air and you're going to draw water from this well F- figuratively how does this work so in halacha when you have by the way it's tzior bays if you're looking at the pictures that i sent tzior bays is from the mesefta gemara so there's a concept of of a good aches mechitza that the mechitza goes down in halacha, so it's as if I created walls for myself going down to the water. Now, if I created walls going down to the water, this water was in a Rishos Hayachid, I'm allowed to take water from the lake, from the ocean, onto my boat. Okay. Now, Rav Huna, um, uh, Rav Huna said, nah, all you need to do is put that little smuchik, which was seer olive. Uh, Why? He holds The same way we know, we had this in the last couple of Rishus Harabim only goes up until 10 Tvachim from the ground. Karmelis has the same din, only 10 Tvachim from the ground. So go to the sea floor, the, the, the floor of the ocean, the ocean floor, 10 Tvachim above the ground is where Karmelis ends. So when I'm taking water from the lake, I'm drinking water on the side of my boat, I'm always going to be 10 Tvachim above the, the, the floor of the lake. So therefore, I'm not taking water from a Karmelis. I'm taking water from a Shosayachid. So why do I need this, this thing? It's just a hecker. So he says like this. And on top of that, Carmelis is a Mokim Pater. So this water over dinner, this is not Mila You don't need the Ziz. You should know that this is not really Rishos Hayachid. It's not really a Mokim Pater. Now, why do I have to know that? Let's say I would take a rock and throw the rock, and a rock would sink all the way to the bottom of the lake. I, would, I just carried something into a Carmelis because I'm getting all the way down to the floor. So I want to have a hecker to remind myself the top part of the lake, the top, you know, let's say it's 100 feet deep, the top 97 feet is Muck and Pator. The bottom three feet is Carmelis. So when I pick up water from the top part, there's no problem. I just want to remind myself, don't throw things into it. 
deep down is going to be a Carmelis. You make a place and you fill up water. Why? You're right, 10 Tvachim, 10 Tvachim on top of the water. That's where we start measuring, not from a seabed, from the top of the water. Maya Ara Smichta, because the water is considered part of the land when it comes to sea. Now, if you didn't make yourself your dollar by dollar thing, come a Tatum and Carmelist or Shasayachid, you'd be carrying from a Carmelist to a Shasayachid. Okay, so I'm only Rav Nachman, the Rabbi of Uvua. Ul Ravuna de Amar, according to Ravuna, who says, Moitimena Ziz Kol Shumimale, that all you need to do is put out this little stick and just to remind you not to throw things down. But hold on, Zimnan de Leka Asara, maybe you're not going to have tents fucking between your pail of water that you're picking up for your, for your, for your drink and the bottom of the, of the lake. You might not have tents fucking. And then become a Talto Carmelis Lurisha Sayachid. You're going to end up carrying from a Carmelis to Risha Sayachid. So the Gemara says, Amale, and this is the picture. Garmino, we have in the Saira, or they ask people, the Ain Svina Mahaleches Bepaches Measara. Nobody is taking a boat, you know, you're not, on, you're not boating when you are within 10 Tvachim of the ground. You're, you're afraid it's going to scratch your boat, you make a hole in it. You're not going to be going too close. So the Gemara says, Vaha Mursha Isla. But there is like a, 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 a bailetes, that there's a machlek is what this means. Either it means the, the seabed goes up unexpectedly, or as most Rishonim learn, the boat is not like, you know, the pictures of Noah's Ark, you know, like a box. It, there's a uh, protrusion, it's on an angle. So it could be, you're right, you're the, from the actual bottom of the boat, you do not have, you know, tantachim. But it could be when you get closer to land, you're comfortable you know, taking your boat closer to land because the, the end of your boat is on an angle. I don't know the boating terms. If Beryl was here, he would tell us, but he's, uh, he's by the Rabbi Greenberg here. So uh, his loss. Okay? So, Morsha Isla. There's a Morsha there. So, the Morsha, I'm Rav Safra. Rav Safra says, Gashushe Azli Kama. They take, like, you know, paddles or something. They're always checking to make sure that they don't get too close to land. So they would never get close enough, even by the, you know, the, the head of the boat, they wouldn't get too close to land because that is too risky, and therefore there will be no concern. So according to Rav Huna, you're always allowed to take water from the lake because you're never going to be in a situation where the bottom of your boat is within 10 tfachim of the ground. Why do I need this ziz? Because that's just there to remind me that I'm dealing with something that deep down is a caramelist. And therefore, just a reminder, it's some type of hacker. Okay, so tomorrow, Mr. Shem will continue the boating discussion. Very interesting, Gemara, is regarding someone stuck on a boat. And this was a com- this was commonplace. 